Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Raw and uncut, Jiggy Jag, you know how you do it. You know what I'm saying? Keeping it all the way live. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had no idea. <laughs> I love I didn't that. know you were, but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. 267-22-Jiggy. Hey, Jiggy, what's happening, man? You want to be that uh, David Bowie song? Jiggy, play guitar, Jeff. It's a great name, man. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey, and, uh, you know, you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my tricks up there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. So much easier. Radio. <laughs> it's the world famous Jiggy Jaguar Radio broadcast. Good God in heaven. Thank God. Get a hold of us online at JiggyJaguar.com. J I G G Y R dot com. be that loud. Okay, we're going to go to IQR Rizzoli, the fantastic Don Mazzella. The Don Mazzella kid. Better get ready. He's better than Action Bronson. Better than Charles Bronson. I'm building up Don way too much. It is the world famous Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast. Da, 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 da. So let's do this. Let's go find the fantastic Don Mazzella and IQ and everybody. We're going to take out. We're going to take out Paul Manafort or whatever. Okay, let's do this. I got to ring the group. There we are. Look at that. We've got to ring the group, as they say. And uh, good evening, good afternoon, whatever. There is IQ Rizzoli. How are you, sir? I'm okay. I'm to- okay. That's that. That's it. That's all he's got. He just. I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, we're gonna get Don on the phone because he is he is traveling today. So I'm not sure where he is traveling, but he is traveling. And uh, where in the world is that phone number? By the way, how is your health? Oh, thank God I'm almost over this thing. <laughs> Good God. I'm glad to hear it. The, uh, basically, it's called burning the candles at both ends. That's what happened. <laughs> burning the candles at both ends is uh, usually how I end up getting sick. So, But <laughs> I think we've got Don Mazzella with us. Don, how are you, sir? I'm terrific. I just taught at Columbia all day, and I'm ready for you. 
<laughs> he taught at Columbia all day. And he's ready for me and IQ here. Okay, well, um, let's see. We're going to do our, our panel segment, and then our guest will join us at the bottom of the hour. So let's start with this Biden oil drilling thing. Uh, what in the world did you think about this, IQ? Uh, it's the same disheartening subject to see the most exceptional republic in history down, go down the drain into sewer in two and a quarter months faster than light, actually. It's amazing. Whatever he touches turns into crap. I mean, this is <laughs> standard, practically. It is standard practice. What do you have in, him, in the, his administration? Perverts, sexual perverts. I don't care what you use, what terms you use, but they're sexual perverts. You have incompetent in the military who are woke, incompetent in foreign affairs. Can you imagine? Russia, China, and Iran have naval uh, exercises in the Gulf of Oman. And the National Security Agency leader says, no worry. What kind of leaders do you have? You have none. You have a banana republic, I'm sorry. Maybe best to ask the question from Don. Well, Don, what, what do you think of the... Uh of the situation with the, uh, the the drilling in Alaska that uh, that candidate oh, well, there's, there's, candidate there's Biden said no I'm not going to do it and now he's like ah there's some money let's do it well he he was careful by the way to tell the environmentalists that he was going to erect a fence around it so that um, the- of course. Of course he's got to put a fence up. Don't want to get them in there. Don't yes, the fence would be about maybe 1,000 to 2,000 miles. <laughs> for them, for, for them, he'll, he'll take all of Trump's materials from the wall and he'll build a giant, huge wall. <laughs> By the way, while you're talking about Trump material, Trump material is in storage costing the American payer millions upon millions of dollars in storage alone. Yeah. Yeah, he'll use that. He transported all the way to Alaska. Okay, $100 million again. Really, the dumb people here are the American people who are paying. They are the taxpayers. They're so dumb, it's unbelievable. Everything that Biden has done has cost the taxpayer a trillion dollars now. Minimum a trillion dollars. Who is going to pay the interest of this trillion dollars. Your bloody children. Your grandchildren. Nobody is thinking. Uh, am I the only one? I'm, I'll tell you something. The outsider looking in, I'm the only one. And I'm not bragging, I swear to you. I'm not even bragging about what I'm talking about. How is it conceivable nobody can see that all these expenses have to be paid for in hundreds of billions of dollars in interest, and who will pay it? The American taxpayer. So, Don, uh, another situation that I'd like to get your take on is these uh, 
these bank failures. So now we're doing bank failures. What what is going on there? I think Don is off. I don't think Don is with us still. Don, no, can you hear us? Why don't we do this? I'll hang up and call him back. What 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 do you think of all the bank failures, IQ? Well, it's the result of being woke. They were spending hundreds of millions of dollars supporting BLM, supporting woke ideas which are completely bankrupt. What do you expect okay. them to do? There we are. I think we've got Don back. So, yeah. so, so yeah. the so the bank failures. What 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 do you think of all this? Well, you know, I'm closer to that to the 1929 than a lot of you, and I remember my parents and the people around me all saying it had such a psychic effect on them. Um, they never trusted banks again. Um, and by the way, they shouldn't. I mean. Silicon Valley uh, uh, Bank is just the tip of the iceberg. Yep. And there's a lot more, um, um, how should we say, uh, uh, danger in the banking system because basically bankers are incompetent. Uh, um, you know, all they know how to do is, is uh, lend money and uh, uh, and take it, lend money and take it in but they don't know how to match the two. Silicon Valley, as you know, um, what they did is mismatch their um, their income to their um, outflow. But uh, the real thing about it is uh, two things. One, the government rushed in to save the billionaires, but they didn't rush in to save people like you and me. Yep. And num- number two, the billionaires in Silicon Valley uh, did not help uh, try to help the, the bank to help that made them rich. I mean, if yep. you want to see a portrait of selfishness, it's right there. I mean, there are billionaires like Neil who could have walked in there and, and uh, put in uh, $800 million without even flinching. And by the way, that's all it would take, $800 million. And there was two offers on the table that the uh, uh-huh. uh, some of the government officials refused to take. They, they could have saved Silicon Valley Bank if they wanted to, but, but they want, wanted a lesson so they can get a greater reg, um, regulation. All in all, it's a bad thing, and it's not over. And I think it's going to continue for um, a period you're going to see. Yes. Uh, I heard, someone told me today there'll be 13 banks, 14, I'm sorry, 14 banks that will go under in the next three weeks. 14. Which combined would be greater than any of the top six banks in terms of deposits. Wow. Um, I, can, I can go on and on. Uh, you want to jump in there, IQ? I'm not disagreeing with you. (laughs) I mean, it's so obvious. The the whole thing about America has been obvious since even before Trump, that things were going wrong. But Trump righted it it all up, and yet they crucified him. 
and they're still crucifying him. He's out of his office two years and a quarter, and they blame him for everything that goes wrong under Biden. The corruption, sorry, gone. You know, I, I kill you. You're absolutely right. And as I pointed out today in class, the, um, the House committees, uh, Jim Jordan, by the way, is doing a hell of a job. Have you been watching on YouTube uh, the job he's doing, uh, surfacing a lot of this stuff? But uh, uh, now I had a class of journalists. I had two classes of journalists. And I asked them, were they aware of these hearings? And the answer was no. There was not a single person in that in those two classes that had knew anything about these hearings. Why? Because the New York Times has chosen not to cover them. There is not one line of copy about those hearings in the, in the New York Times, and that is a sad commentary, which I unfortunately have to read the New York Times. You know. <laughs> Hey, I'll I'll tell you, I I think that a lot of this stuff is just just crazy that all all, you know, the the, the bank thing, the the fact that these uh, these hearings, nobody knows anything about these. It just it. And and the media, they pretty much, and it doesn't matter whether it's right wing media, left wing media, whatever. That 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 they're all the same. They're all working for the same people. <laughs> it's just, it's it, we don't have. And this is the thing I like about Don, is that Don is an actual journalist. John Don is Don is not, you know. Uh, either side or the other with with things he's he's a reporter and we don't have that anymore you're right Jiggy. it's sad it's very sad but but the, the worst part about it Jiggy, is uh, and i ha- i'm coming over to iq's view that we're in danger we are really in danger by the way uh, do you know that uh, they're stringing out the biden uh junior thing because the statute of limitation on a lot of these um, crimes that he did is running out and the, some of them start running out in October. I, I don't know if you're aware of that, but that was brought to my attention last night. And that's a scary part, too. So IQ, I guess you're right. We don't have a justice system. <laughs> I'm, I'm always right on this subject. I'm sorry to say that. No, no, look. You constantly say this. I'm being truthful. The tragedy right. today, being truthful, is the enemy of the state. Truth will be the enemy of, of today's politicians. Yeah, yeah. You have but, a corrupt uh, system. You have a corrupt FBI. You have a corrupt intelligence service. You have a corrupt everything is corrupt. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm it's afraid, frightening. I'm afraid you're wrong. But IQ, uh, and again, here's where we will differ. The answer is not Donald Trump. I'm sorry. I, I, I really, I, um, um, I, I really believe that Trump, uh, Trump will start a third party if he doesn't get the nomination. Oh, I, I, I was shocked. 
when people kept saying that uh, that there was a potential, like when Trump announced he was running, everybody's like, oh, he's running for the Republican nomination. And I'm like, how do you know he's running for that? <laughs> I I really think that if he doesn't get this, he doesn't get the nomination, he will start a third party. And what's, yes. what's bad about it is that there's a lot of Republicans and a lot of people who are, who are registered Republicans that will go to that other side just because he's over there. Yes. It's in a roundabout way. It's and and I, God, I hate making this comparison because this is, this is, this is, this is definitely not the proper comparison, but it's essentially Ross Perot. You know, Ross. No, it's, it's Theodore Roosevelt and Taft in 12. Okay. That, that's, that is the, really the closer one. And, and uh, unfortunately, I, I didn't mean to jump in there. No, 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 you're good. You're good. No, I was waiting for somebody to save me off that. <laughs> no. no, you're good. No, Ross yeah, he's nothing to what Trump will do to the Republican Party. It, it took the Republicans uh, 10 years, really, and, and a world war and an incapacitated uh, president. By the way, there's a new biography out about the um, first lady and Woodrow Wilson and how she was, in fact, ran, ran the country for uh, 18 months. But, uh, and I believe right now that uh, there's a lot about what Biden does that he is not aware of. And uh, I think it's going on. And uh, uh, another thing, uh, before I forget it, do not r- rule out uh, Obama's wife running. You know what? You know, we had a guy on the Tuesday show several months ago who was, he'd made a book and he'd made a film about Michelle Obama was running and she's got all these intentions of running and oh my God, and she's got all these political aspirations. And IQ and Dan were just like, Really? <laughs> nobody's ever, nobody's really thought she was ever going to run. But what's funny is after we had that guy on and we're like, ah, this is all, this is all bullshit. <laughs> he's, he's, he's just trying to sell some books. All of a sudden I start seeing all these headlines all over the Drudge Report. Michelle Obama. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay. I guess all three of us were wrong. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's not a laughing matter. No, she and 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 she will. And and if if the if the corporate Democrats have a way to get out of doing somebody that's a progressive who might go against their corporate interests, they will go get Michelle Obama. Because we know she will take a check. <laughs> we know she will serve well, corporate overlords. So, yes. Don't rule her out for the vice presidency. Uh-oh. Right now, they're trying, to, they're trying to figure out a way. They, there's no way they can get um, uh, Harris out 
it, it, it would um, a lot of people. But um, if they do, um, a viable candidate in the view of, of the progressives is Michelle Obama. Ugh. God. Because don't don't forget, there isn't a person in the land that believes Biden will, will live through a second term. Oh yeah, that 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 won't happen. That won't happen. So uh, again, these are the things you you, you got to look look at. I'm worried. I'm worried that the but at least the Republican Party is waking up to the fact. Pence finally hit back at uh, uh, Trump. Um, uh, I, I'm, if Trump were smart, he would uh, uh, reach out to DeSantis and make him the vice president, um, a candidate, if he were smart. But unfortunately, he's so full of hubris right now. I'm sorry, IQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, what's... what's no, on that um, subject, I agree with you. So don't be sorry. <laughs> I agree with you. He should be more humble, but he's not. Right. And uh, he really need, he really needs to be, um, and he's got to understand that the, that the well is poisoned um, uh, against him. And the best thing he can do, I, I I know it's a bad thing to say, if if he passed away tomorrow from overeating, the nation would mourn him greatly because they would be able to look at us. Presidency without the person, and look at the accomplishments. And if they did that, you know, they say, you know, he wasn't a bad president. But all they look at is the personality, and that's the sad part. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the real sad part. Uh, uh, and yeah, I, I, I really don't think that. Uh, uh, you know, one of the things that I always tell people whenever I talk about whenever I talk about things to do with Trump, um, I always find it so strange that when he was running and even when he was the president, everyone's like, "Well, I can't believe that he was this he was this way and he was all these things and oh my God, I can't believe it." And it's like. If you remember all the things that he said before he even ran to be the president, you you didn't think the same guy (laughs) was going to be the president? (laughs) Like, uh, what was, what was the thing that, what was the thing that he said on 9-11? There was a, there was a... Besides the obvious, but there was an interview he did where they had asked him about 9-11, and this was the day of 9-11. He's on the phone, and I don't know if it was like Fox Business or one of these business channels, and he said, well, because of this, all the property prices in Manhattan are going to go up. And I'm like, you did do you not know what just happened brother (laughs) and it's like the first thing he thought of was his pocketbook so 
panic ticket. What? Why? Why were people so, surprised with some of the crap that he says? <laughs> some of the stuff know, he does. Uh, Trump is one of those rare individuals. There's a line from a uh, a play, a Tiger at the Gate. Man's great gift is that he can look at tragedy from the terrace. And if you think about it, what, he was looking at uh, a tragedy, not at the tragedy, but at the consequences. Yeah. And, and it's a perfectly reasonable and accurate statement, by the way. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. That's... Go yeah. With all due respect, James, he's a developer. Well, let's see, that's the, the first, thing. The first reaction, the first reaction <laughs> of a catastrophe like this is the prices will go up. Yeah. I mean, okay. That doesn't make him <laughs> and, wrong. And, and, and okay. you've got Maybe a lot of... Emotionally, you should have said, but, by, but on 9-11, his people were helping during the recovery. Well, yeah. His own people. Well, and, and to be fair... You know, a lot of times they play that interview clip, but they don't play the other clip where he says, where he was like, well, um, what was it? He said something about how, how did uh, somebody made it makes a comment about uh, terrorism or whatever. And he goes, well, how do you know it wasn't Saudi Arabia? And... <laughs> And then quickly they cut his they, they cut everything and they go to break. They don't play that clip <laughs> a lot. <laughs> they just play the clip that makes him look like an inconsiderate prick. <laughs> so you, to, to you, be you, fair, you ask, you ask anybody in battle <laughs> what they would like is an inconsiderate prick, <laughs> and to use your line. Because that person is looking at not emotionally, but at the situation and coming up with answers. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, it's you know there's 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 things back and forth that that, that that's like I, I I got into a I got into a conversation with a with 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 a very interesting individual a couple of weeks ago at the gym, which is sort of strange that this this guy exists. He is. He's he's a I don't know the 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 guy is an interesting individual, and I told him he made some comment about Trump, and he's a big Trump guy. He's big Newsmax guy. He's a big Trump guy. All the stuff, and I made a comment to him about about Trump, and I said, you know, one of the things you got to give Donald Trump credit is he didn't start a bunch of stupid wars. There's a, there's, there's a lot of these presidents that they go out and they start all these stupid wars. Now, Trump finished a couple of them, and he continued a couple of them. <laughs> but he didn't start any new ones. And one time, there was a... They were trying to get him to go somewhere. I don't know if it was Syria... They were trying to get him to bomb something, and he wouldn't take the bait. They they concocted uh, footage, supposedly all this footage of the people of the country being tortured. Oh, my God. And it found out later it was just concocted footage. <clears throat> and Trump said, 
he got on TV and he said the only reason why I didn't start, I'm not going to start any wars, and the reason I'm not going to go to that country, is because it's not going to affect, it's not going to get make me any more money, it's not going to make the United States any more money. Okay, right there he just said it. If the new world order is paying attention, send him a check. Somehow, put it in an offshore account or give it to his one of his businesses or something. Figure out a way. Give him some money, and he'll go bomb the country. He just told you, but they didn't want to listen, so he didn't start any new wars. So there's ways to do these things, and it's just like Don was saying you know, a second ago. If he were to die tomorrow, people would, people would look at his accomplishments and be like, wow, he wasn't a bad guy. <laughs> but... Yeah. That mouth of his just gets him in so much trouble. <laughs> but Jay, um, is the Roman Empire, okay? Yes. Uh, in the first 150 years of the empire, not the republic, the, the empire, okay, the, the Temple of Mars, the doors, which signified that Rome was at war, was open all but four years. So... If you're if you're a Pax Romana or Pax America, you you got to expect to be war, because it is the nature of, of mankind to uh, uh, to fight uh, um, the powerful, to to be powerful themselves. So you know, I don't I don't consider that. Um, uh, um, something to talk about. What is important is when you, you go you go and fight the wars that are necessary to preserve yourself. The argument in Vietnam is that the the domino theory. Well, we don't know if uh, it wouldn't have fallen, but um, that's an, that's for another time. But I just <laughs> want to say, no, 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 no. You're good. Uh, You're good. We're going to see if we can get our no. guest in here, and uh, we just dialed them. We're going to see if we can connect them in here, and uh, I just talked to them five seconds ago. <laughs> I just, I would, I would think that we would, uh, I just the talked to them. The mailbox belonging to 843300 okay. we'll remove and call them back. And we'll do it that way. So, so IQ, uh, besides all this stuff going on, uh, what, is, what is the update over in Iran? Didn't they have some uprising? Is that still it's going continuing, on? But you see, again, you have no American leader who is supporting them. Well, yeah. In 2019, they were betrayed by Obama. Hello. In 2021, they are being betrayed by Biden. Hold on, IQ. I think we've got our guest here. Can you hear us, my friend? I sure can. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I was I I was I was I was dialing your number and I got voicemail, so I decided I would get you right back on. So uh, we have got a great guest with us today. Uh, go ahead and uh, give us a little bit of an introduction on yourself, my friend, and then uh, I know that me and Don and IQ will uh, have some questions for you. Absolutely. My name is Simran, and I am an author 
of books about inspiration, spirituality, and most importantly, about signs, symbols, and synchronicity. Yes. I have spent the past 15 years discovering a language that life is having with all of us, and it is a wonderful personal growth path for individuals to also play while also diving deep within themselves. So... Talk well, you to won't us. get an argument from any of us. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, your latest book is called Common Sentience? Is that how you pronounce it? The latest book is called Signs. Okay. Good Encounters yes. with Pathways, Turning Points, and Divine Guideposts. It is part of the Common Sentience series there you go okay okay yes so so tell us about the book and then i'll let don ask some questions and iq and i'll have a few and we'll go from there first of all tell us about the book the book is uh divided into three sections and it is based on a personal philosophy that i encountered where i began seeing a set of numbers repeatedly 30 to 40 times a week And I started to discover that those numbers were appearing at a specific time and during sometimes the most challenging times of my life, and they were guiding me along a path to a better and better life. And so as I went on my way, I started to ask life, if you can talk to me through numbers, how many other ways are you speaking to me? So the book of signs shares all of the different ways that life actually communicates with us. Those moments that we feel like we've gotten a sign or gotten God bumps or felt like synchronicity has happened. And so it illustrates all those different ways while having a second section that goes into stories, sacred stories, by so many other individuals that have encountered their own signs as backup proof. And then finally in the third section, to teach people how to identify the signs, how to strengthen their intuition, and how to deepen trust with life, with others, and most importantly, themselves. So, Don, I'll go to you first. Well, you, you know me. I, I, I don't trust anybody, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, you know, I, I think that's... That. I think that's probably a common experience for a lot of people. I think trust is something that many of us struggle with, and it's because sometimes life looks really challenging. I mean, just look at the world right now. It's a pretty challenging place, and there's not a whole lot that we can trust in at the moment. Or our relationships become wrought with dysfunction, and so then we can't trust the people around us in business or friendship or family. And we start to discover If you look at life in this way and start to realize that everything is our mirror, we start to discover that those are only reflections that illustrate that we're not trusting ourselves. And so when the signs started showing up, it actually helped me to trust life more. I didn't trust myself, but for some reason, the prompts were tapping commonly enough that I began to trust them. And so I'm sure at some point in your life, Uh, James and Don, there has been something that has shown up repeatedly that maybe made you pause and wonder if you were trying to get a signal or a sign from the universe. Have you ever had that experience? 
almost every day I'm a newsman. I've got to make the, the judgments and stories I write or, or do. But let, let, let's explore that a little bit. Uh, if I hear you correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, you're, you're saying that if you learn to trust yourself, you can trust others. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Once we really learn to trust ourselves, then we can extend that to other people. And I think that's the crux of it. And the reason that we don't trust ourselves is because early on in childhood, uh, oftentimes we had blurred boundaries or we were empathic and could feel other people's feelings. But when we asked about them, they said that we were um, that we were incorrect. So we lost this trust in ourselves, and the signs were pre-planted so that we would remember how to trust. Well, you know, what came to mind immediately, in my entire life, my father only said twice that, I, that people should listen to what I said, in my entire life. You know, uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of other uh, people have gone through, parents who simply demand more of their children, but if, if, if your parents don't trust you, how can you trust yourself? Exactly, and we learn that conditioning early on. And so it kind of embeds within us as our way of looking at life, as a lens that starts to happen. But we all encounter different kinds of signs, and some of them are really beautiful ones such as insects, or we get the right book at the right time, or someone says the right word at the right time. We might be driving down the road and a song comes on the radio and it happens to answer a specific question that we've been contemplating. I know that something that happens to me often is I might be thinking something and I happen to just look up and a billboard has exactly the word that answers the question or the prompt that I have. But we also have other types of signs, and these signs are turning points that help us shift in life. And they're things like a divorce or the loss of a job, or um, it could be a flat tire or a pipe bursting. They all mean something, and what they're trying to do is to get us to pause and to really look at what we're thinking in the moment that we receive that sign. And so often it does start with numbers. For different people, they'll see 1111 or 333 or 22 repeatedly in different places. And that's just the universe tapping us on the shoulder. That's a great line. But it seems to me what you're saying, though, is it takes a, a, a catastrophe to really um, uh, blast you out of, out of your, for one of a better word, misery. Well, I think that we are hard-headed human beings. We live in our heads. We are distracted. We are constantly busy. So it doesn't have to take a catastrophe. It's just if we paid more attention, we'd see the signs are all around us. The universe tends to give us pebbles at first, these little tiny things that irritate us. But if we're not paying attention to that intuition or that sign, if we're not pausing to see what we're really feeling, then the universe has to send us a rock. And a rock hurts a little bit harder. Sometimes that's a fender bender or it's a breakup or it's an issue at work. 
And if we're still not paying attention, then we get a boulder. And that usually looks like an illness or divorce, or it might be a fire in the home. And it's not that the universe is punishing us. It's just we have moved so far from our original nature and our presence that it's taking a lot to get our attention. And right now, you know, we have an attention span of about 30 seconds when it comes to social media or the news or anything else. So we're having to have some pretty big signs, both individually in our lives, but also if you look at world events. I mean, a bank crashing, that's a pretty big sign. A Ukraine-Russian war, another big sign. All of the divisiveness in politics, huge sign. COVID, ginormous sign. And they all mean something and can be used by us for both our personal growth and also global healing. This is a great way of looking at things. And thank you. I'm, uh, I'll turn to you. Well, <clears throat> in my case, I get my inspirations between 2 o'clock and 3 o'clock in the morning. That's the only time I'm in tune with what you call the universe. And I really do get inspiration during that time. All the thinking that I've had whole day are condensed and all the garbage is left and I get the nuggets two to three o'clock in the morning. I don't that know if that makes so, sense. Yes, that is so powerful. And you know, so many people end up waking up around that time, but what they end up doing is rolling back over. They, they, they just kind of get irritated that they got woken up. But that is actually a highly spiritual time. It is the time when it is most quiet. It is after we've fallen asleep when our consciousness is closest to theta so that we are more connected to the universe. And in truth, we are all connected. Life connects every single one of us, and we are also connected to the universe. And so to take that time at 3 or 3.30 or 4 or 4.30 in the morning and to actually get up and breathe and get into a state of resonance and receptivity is the way to actually up-level our lives. We can take our experience to a higher expression and actually empower the law of attraction to bring us better things. But it requires us taking the time to be present, to really be with ourselves, feel our feelings, find out what we're thinking that's going through our mind that we're not present to, and most importantly, to have some sense of awareness to see how the universe is trying to get our attention to give us the life that we truly do desire. And that wake-up call at 3.30 in the morning is one of those tappings. And it's a tapping that doesn't make us have to go into the pebbles, rocks, and boulders if we're willing to stop and listen. Well, that was my time span, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. And it's invariably productive. Well, my epiphany yes. is in the bathtub. Any time that you can be somewhere where you're out of your mind, and I always tell people we're not here, I don't know that I care for the term mindfulness, because I think we're here to lose our minds. It's our minds. I think we're here to lose our minds. Well, <laughs> if, you, if, if, if you listen to the first 30 minutes of this show, I, 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 we pretty much all lost our minds. 
<laughs> well, you know, our best thinking got us where we are. So if that's where we are in life, then we need to move out of the mind that we have. And that's part of the reason that signs and symbols show up. They kind of stop us in our tracks. They stop us from thinking for just a second. And what I have figured out in my life is usually if I am trying to imagine myself in a different place, in a better place, in a better relationship, maybe making more money, maybe living the life I want or living in the place I want, so often the signs will show up right then. And those prompts are basically saying, go for it. The universe has your back. Get out of your head and take an inspired action towards the life that you'd like to live. And whenever I've done that, I've always seen doors open up. From my point well, of view, the, sorry, go on. No, you first, thank you. It's okay. No, really, the new generation that we have today, whether it's in America or in Europe, they're so unintelligent to reach the level of intelligence that you're talking about is practically zero. Correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, I think it's really a matter of presence. And I think that that's why the universe does communicate through signs, because it doesn't matter what our level of intelligence is. It really doesn't even matter if we are completely distracted. Because the moment someone starts to see 222 repeatedly, they're going to keep wondering what's going on. Something's happening. Or a person starts to see a red cardinal always show up in certain places, they're going to start to think that's a little bit odd. Or when they're driving down the road and they're asking a question about a specific job and all of a sudden they see a billboard that says, get to work, it's going to prompt them. And so I think we have to give more credit to our soul and less credit to our ego. Because what has to happen is we have to break the control of the ego and start to understand that the ego is here to serve us instead of us being enslaved by the ego. That is awesome. That is fantastic. So what, what has been the uh, reception to your book been like? Oh, it's been amazing. You'd be just fascinated by the number of people that are seeing all types of signs and what has happened in their life when those signs have shown up and they've followed the prompt. That's one of the great things about the book. It's divided into three sections. So the first section talks about all kinds of signs and how we encounter them and what they are. But the second section is filled with so many stories of other people and the signs that they see and what happened and how magical and mystical life really is. The third section is teaching you how to do that, how to trust, how to grow your intuition, how to notice the signs, how they appear for you. And so it's been a really, really great reception for the book because I think now is the time when people are actually waking up. They are wanting to live better lives and be more positive. And now more than ever, we need faith and trust in something bigger than ourselves. Do you think that's God? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Do you think that something bigger than ourselves is God? Or what, what we I think, believe? I think that people call it many different things. 
Uh, I believe that some people call it universe, some call it source, some call it God, some call it love. In the end, it is uh, a blanket of energy that encompasses and embraces all of us. And so the beautiful thing about signs is it's a spiritual experience. It doesn't have to belong to any religion. Uh, It can even be uh, belong to an atheist if that's the case because signs are going to show up regardless. And in the end, the one that is prompting the signs is your very own soul. It is your unconscious. It is the part of you that wants to grow and knows that there's something better than what you've been conditioned to believe. And so it doesn't matter whether you believe or not, they're happening for you. The key is if you're willing to be open-minded, if you're willing to be open-hearted, then you'll find your proof. I tell people, don't believe what I'm saying. Have your own experiment. Have a conversation with the universe. And remember, a conversation takes two. So when you get the sign, you have to do your part of the conversation, which is either ask a question or take an inspired action. Once you do that, the universe will again respond to you with another sign or an open doorway. And then it'll be your turn again. Fantastic. As, as, a good, as a bad Catholic boy, I have to say, if that happened to me, I would think it would be God. But you, if I'm hearing you correctly, you, you say it could be anything. It, it's the universe in, uh, or some other uh, force rather than, um, for want of a better word, God. Am I hearing you correctly? Well, I think that many, especially today, and especially with younger generations today, there's so many people that are conflicted with the term God or with an idea of God. And so to keep it neutral and to allow everyone to have their own experience or come from their own faith, I like to share that it could be any of them. I personally believe in God. I believe, I call it source, I call it universe. I call it love. My religion is one of oneness and love and interconnectivity. And so I think it really is whatever you're comfortable with. And if it's God that you're comfortable with, then yes, God's trying to get your attention. And God is telling you that God has your back. And the signs and the symbols are sprinkled everywhere throughout your life to help guide you on your way. Oh, you're good. <laughs> I'm going to go on. That's awesome. <laughs> no, I, I, I meant that as a compliment. No, 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 no. I, that, that, is, that is the one thing that, uh, that we find very rare on this program is we'll have, we'll have authors on who, you know, they love their book. They've, they've written their book. They know everything about their book. But they can't promote it. <laughs> they ain't got a clue. And you are the exact opposite. You have you have promoted this and, and sold this really well today. So you should be very proud of yourself, my friend. You know, I just had such incredible experiences in my life. And I want everyone to connect with life this deeply, this intimately. And... Uh, if it came across as sales, it really is my passion about it. It's, I, I just know what's possible. I just know 
that everyone can step into the life experience that they most desire. And they just have to get out of their own way and open to the wonder that we once had as children. As children, as, as young, young children, we knew this. We knew how to manifest. We knew the magic. We talked to beings of light. We played with the energies. But the big people told us it was our imagination. And so they bred it out of us, or they made us think it was false. Yep. And what I want to do is help people understand it never went anywhere. We just were convinced it wasn't real. And when we got convinced of an illusion, and we put the reality on the back burner, it's time to bring reality back and let go of the illusions of the world. Can I quote you my favorite line? She says, come back to reality. And he replies, I'll only go as a tourist. <laughs> I'll, I'll only bring that up because uh, uh, that's from a thousand clouds, which is mm. really based on what you, you what you're saying. Yeah. Um, um, you've given us a lot to think about. I'm going to go out and buy your book. Well, I can guarantee you will never look at life the same way once you've read it. And you will have many aha moments along the way. Well, I don't have that many years left, so I sure can use some happiness along the way. Uh, by the way, does it look in that, doing that um, uh, really introduce you into a happier life, do you think? It does. You know, when I first encountered the signs and started asking the questions, my personal journey began like most people's personal journey. There was chaos, there was confusion, there was dysfunction, there was heartbreak. There were all these things. And I just started saying, why am I here? Is this really what life is like? Does it have to be this hard? And I basically said to life, you know, I don't, I don't know if I want to be here anymore. You know, you got to show me something that is different than this. Send me a sign, anything, just send me a sign. And I didn't realize asking that question in my prayer room the way that I did, it was going to unleash this beautiful experience of connecting with life. And so I really want people to understand you're not on the journey. You are the journey. You are the journey of life experience and expression. And it's all about you connecting with it so intimately that you begin to see what you didn't let your eyes see before. That is awesome. Well, as we wrap up here, awesome. go ahead, Don. Go ahead. Jump in there, brother. No, I was just going to say, I agree with you. Awesome. Great work. <laughs> so let's start with IQ. Uh, IQ, give, give me give me your thoughts on today's show and uh, – Everything else. As always, your shows are fantastic. Your guests are fantastic. And this one is remarkable. It was a pleasure yes. listening to you. Thank you. Oh, how wonderful. <laughs> so, uh, so Don. I with you more. Uh, <laughs> you know, to, what what are, the National Robotics Education Foundation, the NRES.org, and... Uh, uh, what else can I say? Great show. Great uh, guest. And see you next week. Definitely. So before we before we wrap here, uh, you have been a fabulous guest, by the way. 
Um, how do we how do we get your books and, and everything else? The title of the book is Signs, Sacred Encounters with Pathways, Turning Points, and Divine Guideposts. It is available worldwide. Uh, anywhere books are sold, you can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And my website is IamSimran.com. That's I-A-M-S-I-M-R-A-N.com, IamSimran.com. And uh, you can find out about all of my other books and my other work by going to my personal website. Fantastic. Well, we appreciate it. We're definitely going to have to do this again because you are, you are amazing. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Thank you, my Thank friend. Thank you so much for having me on. It was wonderful uh, fielding your questions and just engaging in conversation together. Yes. Thank you. You're amazing. Thank you. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Don, we will talk to you next week. And uh, IQ, we will talk to you as well next week. And that wraps it up here. And we'll see you on the big broadcast. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.